0: Welcome to the Voice Now Heard. My name is Jana Young, and this podcast is my story of how a knock on a door of my life and was the beginning to uncovering layers of secrets and lies. As I process the hurt and betrayal, I want to share what can be learned from looking at life through a different lens. I'm speaking up to reclaim my power and encourage others in difficult situations. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Voice Now Heard. This is episode eight, and the original title I had was Standing My Ground, the Divorce Process.
1: Boring.
0: Yes, someone said that was boring, so we have revised that to Divorcing the Bastard, Standing My Ground. And I have Randy here, who has put in a plug for being a co-host now since she's been here. So many times she's moved up from guest, That's right. I guess.
1: Yep. No longer a guest. I am now the official co-host.
0: <laughs> so I wanted to do this episode because I wanted to share my experience of going through the divorce process, the emotional part and also the logistical part. Mm-hmm. I am not an attorney. So this is just based on my experience and I wanted to just give context At this point, I just knew about one woman and I didn't find out about the third woman until mid-April. So throughout the whole divorce process from the end of December through March, I was just considering that it was just an affair with one woman.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. To begin, welcome Randy. Jada, I love that you're doing this episode. I think it's very important. I know you're not an attorney, but you went through this and I don't think a lot of people talk about these experiences. So I'm I know you're gonna shed some light on what you went through and what you shared there was up until this point you were thinking your, 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 marriage was over. You're going to get a divorce based on a lengthy affair that he had with the hoe. And then you uncovered some other information. So, which I know you're going to get to. So we just released the, the Q and a episode, which I thought was, was great. We had a lot of great questions, but I wanted to hear from you. What were your thoughts about the episode?
0: I appreciated all the questions that listeners sent in. So please continue to send them in because I would love to do part two of that episode. I thought it went really well. Mm -hmm. As far as feelings, you'll love these feeling words, Randy.
2: I do
1: love them.
0: I felt very vulnerable and anxious at parts of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a big step for me to talk about some of those topics
1: and just to put it out there. I'm sure too it was also probably helpful to hear what other people had to say as well and some of their questions. I'm sure that was, that was also really good feedback for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know how I always ask you, how are you feeling overall? And yes, I want a a feeling word, but you, but you, you just gave me two. So I, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. I don't know if this is a
0: feeling word. I feel pretty good about everything. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of an analogy. And the only thing that comes to mind is that like each episode is kind of like, A bandaid or a salve, like on a wound, Mm. and I feel like it's just part of my healing process. And everyone I do is things feel a little better afterwards. That like moving a little bit forward.
1: I love that. I actually love that analogy. What What do you think that is? Before I like put words in your mouth. Like, what What do you think that is? Why Why do you think you're able to move? Like, each episode is is helping you heal more and more. Like, what What do you contribute that to?
0: I think part of it is getting it out of my head. Right. And also just that I know people are listening Mm -hmm. and that my voice is being heard, which is the whole point of everything. Right. And that I'm kind of working through the anxieties of it. Like I'm not cutting out parts, the parts that make me feel anxious or Mm -hmm. vulnerable Mm -hmm. and just kind of putting it out there.
1: That's why I think it's helpful to have someone do these episodes with you because you are prone, you're, you're more prone to just hold it in. And so with someone like me or or Ben in the last episode, just like, no, tell us, go ahead and tell us, you know, and I think that's good for you to be able to have a voice because you were silenced in so so many areas. So good. I I, I love that. Okay. So are you ready to discuss the the divorce process with the bastard?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Let's jump in. Let me ask you this. So before you went through your divorce, what did the word divorce mean to you before? I
0: think I knew a lot of people who had, been divorced or had gone through the experience with some of them and when I look back growing up I was taught that marriage is forever and I thought somehow that my marriage was so good and it would never happen to me Mm -hmm. so I think it didn't feel personal like I saw it happening to other people but it wasn't something that I thought would ever be something I've experienced in my life and yeah I mean because
1: most people when 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 you decide to get married your goal is not to get divorced. So I'm sure like it's hard because it's not even in the realm of, uh, of, of your thought process, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's interesting. So I was, you know, looking through some research and I found a really good article on Psychology Today about divorce. And I just wanted to read this little excerpt from it. The dissolution of marriage is almost always an upsetting event at the very least marked by disappointment and loss of dreams and expectations. In addition, there are legal financial Parental, emotional, and practical challenges that require time, energy, and changes in responsibilities. It can take people years to regain equilibrium. Nevertheless, divorce serves an important function legally and emotionally. I thought that was just uh, interesting as we move into to this episode. Thoughts on that? I think people probably don't talk about the loss piece. Mm-hmm. I think for me,
0: there's a whole grief process you have to go through sure. when it's talking about the loss of dreams and expectations. That's a whole peace in and of itself is the grief process. And I don't think people understand all of the parts of your life that it impacts. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of broke it down Mm -hmm. really well.
1: Agreed. I want you to think about the day that you made the decision to get divorced. And I want you to talk about
0: it. It was the same day as the Mm -hmm. knock on the door, Mm -hmm. the apocal event. If you have not listened to earlier episodes, go back and have a listen. I feel like the decision was kind of made quickly. Like I, Once I knew how long the affair was and that he didn't show any remorse, mm-hmm. I feel like it was decided. And in a way, I feel like the decision was kind of made for me. I didn't feel like I really had a choice in the situation. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you didn't have a choice? Because I wanted better and I knew yeah. that I was worth more mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to settle for someone who had
1: not put me first and had other people in his life. Good. I thought that that's what you would say. So from the same article from Psychology Today, what are some common reasons for divorce? Research suggests that common reasons would be, include lack of intimacy, lack of commitment, infidelity, and basic incompatibility. Other causes are constant conflict, financial differences, addiction, and abuse. Many people articulate the root of the divorce as a betrayal of expectations, hopes, and dreams for the marriage. Thoughts? I think it's different for everyone Mm -hmm. as far as the reason. That's a good summary. After you made that decision, what were the first steps you took to initiate the life-altering change? I think
0: one of the first ones I took was finding an attorney Mm -hmm. and reaching out to an attorney. So I'm not sure if everyone remembers, but this happened December 18th. So it was right before Christmas time. And I reached out, I think that Monday after I contacted an attorney. And she was actually on vacation and listened to my voicemail. In which I ended up crying, talking about sure. I needed an attorney for a divorce. Yeah. And she reached back out to me and said, I'm on vacation, but I heard your voicemail and felt like I needed to reach out. And Good for her. so I had my first conversation with her. I wanted to share just some of the things I learned during that conversation that I did not know. First of all, our state is a no fault state, which means the reason for divorce is never mentioned. So adultery is never mentioned. The judge never knows when he looks at the documents, the reason. So it's okay. For a divorce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In that conversation, she also told me to decide if I wanted to change my name back to my maiden name or keep my married name, because if I didn't do it during the divorce, it was a really expensive process to do later on. I think that's interesting. That really caught me off guard. I didn't expect to have to make that decision pretty quickly. Like, Before we file the initial paperwork. Yeah. We kind of need to know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the cost she told me. If you didn't do it during the door, it that's was a lot of money. That's so
1: crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Why is it so expensive? I don't know. Because of our state? Probably. Okay.
0: I told her a little bit about the situation, um, that there was an inheritance involved, and she said that does not count in the total amount of assets, which that did not matter to me. I'm just kind of throwing out there. So people for information. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she also said, "In our state you can ask for a reimbursement of marital funds that are spent outside of the marriage." Okay, which that's the first I had heard of. And it wasn't really explained that was kind of just thrown out there okay. as that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you file in our state, you have to wait 60 days before it can be finalized." Also, I learned that attorney fees are very expensive. Mm-hmm. the retainer I had to pay, and initially, every interaction you have is charged. So I was told initially that I could request that the bastard pay those at the end of the process. Mm -hmm. We could submit that to the judge, which I wanted to do because my thought was I wouldn't have any attorney fees if it wasn't for him. And he makes a ton more money than me. And I thought it would only be fair that he would pay them. But towards the end, she told me that judges don't usually grant that and didn't even think we should ask for it. So that was something. That I just kind of had to absorb that cost. Wow. Another thing that I found out during that conversation is that retirement, like each of our retirement Mm -hmm. funds from our work goes from the date of marriage and then 50% of that of what was acquired. It all goes into kind of the same bucket and is divided in half. Good information. So it wasn't really like the entire retirement Mm -hmm. of someone's career. It's just from your date of marriage. Okay. I think that was pretty much the first
1: big step I took it's interesting too like as you talk about the expense of it I also think like that's probably why some people stay miserable Mm -hmm. like there may be some people out there that really want to get divorced but they're like oh man the cost of all of that so that also makes me sad Mm -hmm. so what was the experience with attorney was it what you expected or were you just so task oriented at that at that point and just on autopilot I think I didn't know what to expect. I think I just kind of went on autopilot. My
0: sister was really good with reminding me that the process just takes a while. There's a lot of back and forth. You just have to have a lot of patience with it. And I had to balance out my anxiety and the unknown of the process with how badly do I want to know the answer to this? Like, do I want to pay to email my attorney to get an answer or mm-hmm. can I wait till right. put it all together yeah. till we have a call or put it all together? and wait so i had to just kind of weigh out
1: what i really needed to know that's probably when you became a journaler because last in the q a you said you really weren't much of a journaler you're like i'm gonna journal this and see if this is worth worth x amount of hundreds of dollars um or can i just process through this right so i am dying to know tell me what the first conversation with the bastard was like for you because i can only imagine
0: initially he reached out to me by text and just said just let me know what you need Me for the divorce, and at that time, I thought everything had to go through attorneys. Mm -hmm. But my attorney was like, Whatever you can work out together, talk about together would be good. So, this was only a few days after everything had happened. So, I had had my conversation with the hoe, so I'm just starting to piece things together. I asked him about the condo because she had told me that he didn't have that anymore. And he said he missed payments because of financial problems
1: and that he doesn't have it anymore. Financial problems because he was spending money on the hoe, hose.
0: No, he said he was not making as much money at that time. Oh. And he just had some debt and other things before me that kind of caught up with him. Okay. And I asked why he didn't share any of that with me.
1: Why would you not share that with your wife? Mm-hmm.
0: I just explained to him that I had gotten an attorney and she had said that we could go back three years of bank statements. Um, because if he spent money on another household, that's considered marital funds. But that I really didn't want to do that. And that if he would just make me a fair offer, which I don't know what a fair
1: offer is for what he did. Well, and all the money that you had to pay for because he didn't have money because he had a condo, a fake condo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So he said he was still
0: working on finding an attorney and he would be in touch when he had the chance to talk to his attorney and be a little more knowledgeable about the process. And we both did agree that we wanted it to go smoothly, wanted it to be done kind of as fast as possible. See, the other piece of that conversation were our cats mm-hmm. that we talked about. I think I said this earlier, but I was not a cat person prior to meeting him, but they had become pretty yeah. special to me, and I was pretty stressed about how that would all play out, and my attorney had said to me, judges don't care about cats, so figure that out. Like, okay. Right, like, I'm, we're not, we not even going to, yeah. figure that out. Like, don't go before a judge and say, we need to figure out who has custody of the cats. Got it. So. Good information. <laughs> He said he was okay with me keeping them since I had been the primary Mm -hmm. caretaker of them since he hadn't really been around. Okay. So
1: at that time, I was going to keep all of them. Okay. You talked about, I think it was in the Q&A, about how you did end up giving him a cat. So after you uncovered all of his lies, and obviously we've talked about his lack of empathy because he's a pathological liar. I can only imagine how hard it is for you to know that he has a cat. Mm -hmm. You know, no empathy. Taking care of an animal. Thoughts on this? Yeah.
0: When I found out where I was moving, I could only take two cats and we had three. And so I asked him if he could take one. I think I was really sad about it. And I just figured I would kind of add that to my list of things I was grieving about or the losses that I was experiencing. I remember saying to him, like, make sure she gets some cuddles because she's used to all her Mm. cuddles and attention. And I just know she's probably... Not getting that because yeah. he isn't really caring towards her. But yeah. I feel like I kind of didn't have a choice. Do you think the hoe is jealous of the cat? I don't know. Because when I had my conversation with the hoe, she asked several times what I was going to do with the oh, cats, okay. which I thought was strange, Yeah, or what was going to happen with them. And I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out why she asked that, like if she was a cat person and wanted mm. them or she wasn't a cat person yeah. and didn't yeah. want them. Right. She's like, I'm
1: trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But later on, he kind of mentioned that I think she really liked
1: them and oh. the cat was being treated very well. I'm wondering, like, the times that you might have been out of town and he had to come and take care of the cats. Or, or I mean, come and take care of the cats. He was supposed to be home, but really, we know that he was living somewhere else. Do you think she came with him to help take care of the cats? I don't think so, because during our conversation, she asked about,
0: specifically, he said he had to help take care of them at times when you weren't there, and is there one who... Fix medicine, like okay. she was confirming with me that that was the case with one, like, because
1: oh. he had told her that. Oh, okay. So you guys were kind of like going through like what was true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, that was true that he told her that she he was had probably to trying to ask you like, are there really cats? I'm trying to figure out if there are cats or fake cats.
0: Remember, he told her that he had one. That's why she never saw where he lived, because he had a cat that if it ever saw another human besides him, it would have a medical emergency and die. Stop. And so stop it.
1: She never met that cat, or saw where he lived. Okay, hang on. So he told her if this cat sees another human being, it might have a medical issue to where it could die. Mm-hmm. He said she told him like Are that's you crazy. Sure?
0: Like once it got used to me, don't you think it would be okay? And he said no, no, you can't come over. Yeah, so that was the whole thing. He told yeah. her that right. A different cat died. The one oh. I actually gave
1: him.
2: Wait, was wait, the wait, one wait, wait, that wait. died?
1: Okay, so the one that you ended up giving him that's the cat that he told her that died yes do you think he renamed the cat i hope not that's okay. why i bedazzled her little bag with her things
0: so that it said her name on it so no one else could call her a different name stop it i love it
1: i don't know i love that you I did that. A little identity
0: crisis i know over there. i love that
1: you did that you bedazzled all of her stuff <laughs> like this is her name she may be dead to you, but she's not dead to me. A fake death. I know, death. and I told
0: her. I told that little kitty. A fake death. Jane. The bastard told his hoe that you were dead, and
1: that was not nice. Yeah. A fake death. Mm-hmm. We haven't uncovered a fake death yet, so I used the cat. Okay. Walk me through like what was next in the divorce process. I would say the
0: initial offer that he gave. So I talked to him like, what? On the 21st, and he said he was still looking for an attorney. And then on the 23rd, I received an email from his attorney with the initial offer. And it looked like two people who were just separating because of differences. Uh-huh. It just kind of outlined, okay. I think each of us should keep our assets, debts, and retirement. um, And just kind of move on with our yeah, life. Yeah, because it
1: looked like probably on paper, two independent people that were both successful in their careers responsible with money well what you thought he was responsible with money and we'll just divide and you guys will move on no mm-hmm. kids and no properties and we'll just move on so i don't know if he told his attorney the
0: whole story initially or just Tina. Tina. <laughs> hey i'm getting a divorce this is a situation it's pretty cut and dried and she was like okay let's just put this offer out there
1: i probably would say that that's probably what he said mm-hmm. uh, i don't think he went in there and said listen i've been living a triple life i'm a mess my wife has no clue. She's been paying for all of my bills to free up money for me to pay for all of my vacations with all my hoes in different area codes. I don't think that he was honest. <laughs> this is true.
0: Yes. Okay. I will say that after that offer it was probably one of mm-hmm. my most intense emotional feelings. Yeah. I was going to ask you, how did you, yeah, feelings. yeah. How did you feel about
1: that initial offer?
0: I was furious. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we had a punching bag in our garage that I went okay. in. Pounded on for a while because if not, I think I would have like destroyed property in our home. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I just had this conversation with him where I explained like if you could just give me something that's fair, and then it's like, oh, let's just keep what we have and move on with our life. Yeah, like, that's not like nothing ever happened. That's not
1: what I was talking about. You didn't hear anything I was saying. It's almost like on some level, I mean, I and I know I've I've heard some of this stuff before, obviously, because I'm your friend. But it's like he was trying to act like the marriage didn't even happen. Like we'll just move it on. Mm -hmm. You're fine. I'm fine. We'll just divide and we'll just move on. It's, it's so odd. Yeah. Just how he just responded from the minute you found out.
0: Well, yeah, I think it was one of our first conversations. He asked me for a copy of the marriage certificate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why do you yeah. need that? Do you not remember like that you're October married? 18, 2014 when we
1: were married? Ah. <laughs> like, I think you were there. Do you think maybe on some level, Jana, that he had so many, he told so many lies about his marriage? Like in his mind and to other people that he's not married, that he believed it, that he needed proof? Or do you think Poe needed proof? I think on some level, I don't think that's why he needed it, but I think
0: on some level he probably told himself he wasn't married.
1: Okay. But to have proof,
0: I asked my attorney and she's like, no one ever needs that. Okay. Legally, like the judge won't need to see it.
1: Because he told you that his attorney was requesting it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So I do think on some level you were a fake wife in his mind. Like he justified what he was doing mm-hmm. because he blocked
0: out. Mm-hmm. If I'm not really married, then I'm not mm-hmm. really causing a lot of
1: hurt, yeah. Her destruction. I think he's so ill. I really do. The therapist in me is like that there's a sadness there, you know, mm-hmm. like that he really is ill and needs needs help. I also go into, can you send me the marriage certificate to, to make sure we're even married? It was implied. I felt like kind of implied. Which goes back to that gaslighting. That was my response, just sarcastically. Yeah. Like, I love it. it. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't remember that? To remind yourself that yeah, like you, just, you just went into remission from fake cancer, and then we got married. Should I send some wedding pictures along with it? <laughs> the
0: wedding pictures that Amy had already removed out of all the frames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or <laughs> any
1: existence of him did
0: not. It's just not present in the home anymore.
1: So here you are. You got the initial offer. It really, like, just threw you yeah. kind of in a tailspin. Had some intense anger. It's still new that your soon-to-be ex-husband is a lying, cheating bastard. So were you anxious or worried about what else you were going to possibly uncover through the discovery process Mm -hmm. of the divorce?
0: And I didn't know the process at all. So I freaked out at that offer like, okay, is that something I have to respond to and accept and just move on? Or Mm -hmm. what are my options? And my attorney recommended not responding to that offer and asking for what's called discovery which they put together quite a few questions for him, like pages and pages. Part of that was three years of bank statements. Okay. As that was coming in, I would say that was the first time I had the term blindsided by a bastard because there were just layers and layers being uncovered, financial things that I was looking through. So I don't even think I had an idea of what I was going to be finding. So I don't think I was anxious or worried because I didn't know.
1: And at this point... Remind me, did you know how long the affair had been going on? Yes, with the hoe, right?
0: Yeah, I had okay. texted him that night initially that okay. everything happened. Okay. And well, he had told me three years. She had told me they dated a year and then were together three. So a total of four. So okay. it was somewhere between okay. three and four. So I think that's why the attorney asked for that time frame, because that's the time he yeah. could have been contributing
1: other funds to right. another household. Well, and maybe like helping you pay the bills. Mm-hmm of the house that he was supposed to be living in with his wife right his fake wife right that wasn't fake right (laughs) we have the marriage certification and then a couple
0: weeks later his attorney sent me an email and i had to send a ton of documents for discovery and i don't really know the reason for that i don't know that's interesting so wait his
1: attorney had you submit Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of my financial well, bank statements. But we just talked that. about it earlier. Presenting mm-hmm. the whole situation to his attorney. I mean, I can only imagine his reality. He's not based in reality. Mm-hmm. But his reality. Wow. Right.
0: So, yeah. so in the middle of like, I had gone back to work after Christmas. I was in the middle of
2: trying to packing move. Yeah. and
0: moving and trying to get all my stuff together. And then trying to get all these documents together and go through this whole process. It was a lot at one time.
1: I wonder, like, what? In the world was his attorney thinking after like starting to get all that information, you know? Because the Mm -hmm. way he presented it, you know, was not anywhere near what was happening. I wonder too, like, as we already know we we touched on the brainwashing episodes, but like the projection piece. I wonder if he went in and projected his stuff onto you, to Mm -hmm. his attorney. She's wanting this and she did this. So at this point, What were you thinking in regards to the divorce process that you had experienced? It's really stress
0: inducing, and anxiety producing, even questions from my family. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. Why do you have to give all of your financial information? Like, is that going to end up backfiring on you? And I'm like, that's, I don't really have a choice. That's kind Mm -hmm. of the process. This is what then there's so many things that are just the law. The law doesn't look at your emotions or how you feel about things. We are now going to take a quick break for a commercial from our sponsor, Paris Counseling.
1: Looking for an uptight, stuffy, unfunny therapist? You won't find one at Paris Counseling. What you will find is a mental health counseling practice that believes in an atmosphere that is open-minded, open-minded, non-judgmental, and safe. At Paris Counseling, you'll find compassion, honesty, and humor. Offering outpatient mental health services, Paris Counseling provides both in-person and telehealth therapy sessions for individual families, couples, and groups. Check out our website at pariscounselingllc.org dot org for a list of accepted insurance and payment options. Our team of dedicated professionals is here to help you heal, grow, and find your best self. Now back to the podcast.
0: For Christmas, Amy had gotten me a book. It was about negotiating, and it was called Ask for More Ten Questions to Negotiating Anything by Alexandra Carter. And it can be used in any situation sure. like negotiating a raise or anything right. at work. The big takeaways were They had you go through and define the problem. Mm -hmm. And for me, going through the divorce process, I wanted to try to be civil, but I wanted compensated for my pain, Mm -hmm. for the lies and betrayal. I wanted to be at peace and feel like I'm fairly compensated. They had you go through each kind of area of your life and what your needs were. And I felt like my primary needs were respect because I hadn't even gotten that from at all. Um, Respect and acknowledgement from the bastard. I kind of journaled like, how can I feel respected, Mm acknowledge her through the process and what do I need? And I thought I really wanted an apology, financial compensation, answers to questions and to be able to put everything behind me and to just grow, grieve, heal and move on. Mm -hmm. And as far as my psychological and emotional needs, I felt like I needed, as far as esteem, I needed respect and dignity. Mm -hmm. I wanted somewhat of financial security in a way I felt like that was the only, like with the way I was seeing things legally, that was the only thing that I could take away right? and maybe cause some type of hurt to him right? is if I could financially get (laughs) some money from him. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking like I deserve these things and I want to travel and have nice things and I want to live life that I wanted to live with him. I want to be able to have the resources to do that on my own. Well, and
1: we've already talked about, you know, you were paying for all the household bills. So he had the funds mm-hmm. to go travel and do all the things that you were waiting to do with him. So, yeah, I do think that that's fair. I mean, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I, lo- I love that. I love your takeaways from that book. It sounds like a really good book. And mm-hmm. it, it was perfect timing too yes. for you. In regards to the divorce process, was there anything that you just considered worst case scenario?
0: Once I started learning more about it, how it all goes into one big pot. Okay. And it doesn't matter. I started thinking, Well, if I've managed my money well, I've been a good steward, mm-hmm. I've saved money, I've invested money, like worst case scenario that's gonna all backfire me and I'm right. gonna have to give
1: him money. Even though he you're paying the bills and he's out living his best life mm-hmm. with his money, taking all these hoes on And making a significant amount
0: more than me. That's not fair. So my attorney told me to separate out my emotions, which is real nice for an attorney to say and easy to say. Right. I was like, I did nothing wrong and I feel like I was betrayed Mm -hmm. and I have to separate that out. So that was really hard for me. And I know after one conversation with her, I think I shared this on the Q&A, just hearing that, like it all goes into one bucket Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. And yes, it could end up backfiring on you if you put if you're doing well and he has a lot of debt that's all going to cancel out and yeah you could end up owing money and i remember just that was another time i felt intense emotion just kind of curled up on my floor yeah <laughs> like this is not fair i've already the whole process of the whole situation is not fair and now i'm gonna get right screwed in a divorce yeah. too like that just that
1: sounds like that sounds like a horrible. great great time for you because you know here you are your your life's been turned upside down he's living 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 happily ever after with the hoe and. And now you're going to get screwed financially, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I do think this is so important, though, to touch upon because I don't think a lot of people talk about these kind of things that do happen in in a divorce process. Mm -hmm. So I do love that you're being so transparent with this because I've never been through a divorce. I didn't know. Right. So you're educating me as well. And it's just incredible to think about. That one
0: meeting with my attorney was kind of around the time I was reading that book. So I try to remind myself like when emotions got really intense, I tried to go back to kind of what I had gotten out of that book and like bigger picture. What do I want to keep in mind? Like at the end of the day, I want to feel like I was respected and heard and acknowledged Mm -hmm. in some way. And so that's what I need to keep in mind throughout the process and really trying to make it a priority. Even if I had to compartmentalize or Uh detach, like just to be civil just get through the process Mm -hmm. just move forward and try not to get caught up in all the emotions which is
1: really really difficult absolutely any comments on like the financial deceit that he really that you uncovered through this process say probably one of the biggest ones
0: was the condo fake condo yeah i had thought we were waiting till he had sold that for him to help out with rent, so when I went back and figured out when it was, foreclosed par- on half of rent until 2021. That was like about I think thirty thousand dollars that wow. I just had to eat the cost of that because we rented at the time. Yeah, so that's another because you're waiting for legal the legal co- yeah. thing. Like if we were if we had a mortgage, that would be considered an asset and we would split it. But since we rented, there was no right to the value because it wasn't considered a marital mm-hmm. estate. And because he foreclosed on it and didn't make any money. At first, I thought, oh, he sold it. So mm-hmm. there would be money to split. But there wasn't that. And he didn't contribute to any
1: of our rent after them. Let me ask you this. So when you guys were married, was there any talk of purchasing a house or actually purchasing a condo? I mean, what, what was his thoughts on that? Okay. Once he got the promotion
0: that he got okay. at work, I thought... Well, we're here for sure now, permanently where we're living. Because his job could
1: have taken you elsewhere if he didn't get the promotion. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So I had actually talked about looking for something to buy. Mm -hmm. I actually mentioned quite a few times about they had built these new condos across the street that were really nice that I wanted to check out. Were they the same condos as where he lives with uh-huh. the home? yeah, oh. he was already living there, maybe that's why he didn't want to pursue it but kind of like, oh yeah, we can let's look into that when our lease is up, or yeah, he would just be agreeable, but mm-hmm. never like take any action on it
1: or pursue it it makes I, and reason I asked that I was just trying to figure out like I mean I obviously know he's he's a pathological liar and he doesn't He's not even based in reality half the time. Just also, I asked that because I'm just trying to figure out, like, what was his his plan with you? I still circle back to he was married to you, Mm -hmm. whether he wants to believe that or not. So what was his plan? Just you continue to fit the bill of the rent while he gets to do whatever he wants to do?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think he would have ever made a change in the living situation. No,
1: because he had a brand new condo that he was living in. Wouldn't that have been something, though, if he's like, yeah, let's do it, Jana. Let's," And you oh built gosh. a condo next door. His life would have been easier mm-hmm. because he could have just like went in one door out the other. He didn't even have changed parking spots. Right. Yeah, because a lot of those have like two units attached. Yeah. Even better for him.
2: Mm-hmm. I've got two grudges.
1: <laughs> How did you feel every time your attorney encouraged communication with the bastard? I was a bit conflicted
0: because mm-hmm. I was anxious about talking to him. And I feel like every conversation I had with him, I was kind of filtering through. I don't believe anything he was saying <laughs> right, now. Right, of course. But at the same time, I understood what she was saying, because that was going to save time and money by us just figuring things out. So after each party had submitted all the documents, my attorney completed like a marital balance sheet, and she encouraged me to talk to him to come up with an agreement to save time and money. But there were a couple other times throughout the process I would say probably the end of January and then another time in March. And I feel like the couple conversations I had with him, I was able to say some things I needed to say that I had not had an opportunity before. Mm -hmm. He had told me his attorney told him he couldn't talk about anything in the situation till after the divorce.
1: That was just maybe a way for him not to talk about the situation. Yes. Okay.
0: So the conversations were more if I expressed my emotions about things, he just kind of listened. Remember and then he was so polite. Right. Well, but we also realized
1: that the hood was probably listening. Or she was like, I need to be there every time yeah.
0: you have a conversation That's with
1: him. That's true. That's true. But I find it interesting. He said, I can't talk about anything until the divorce is final. But with the divorce is final, he doesn't have any obligation to talk to you either. Right. Yeah. Okay. It
0: was the beginning of March after we had kind of all the documents together. My attorney had encouraged me to talk to him to come to some agreement mm-hmm. rather than going back and forth. And I really kind of went back to like, What I wanted out of this was to be, I knew respect was not going to be bad. Right. But just to be acknowledged and heard. And I feel like I
1: spoke up and said some things I needed to say. Doing, because you were doing all of this while fresh, freshly grieving the loss of your marriage to somebody that you truly loved. I mean, I think that like Mm -hmm. you were shocked, whereas he hasn't been, the whole time he wasn't living As your real husband, I mean, like as a husband, right? He wasn't doing the right thing. He was living all these lives. And so for him, I'm sure on some level, at any point, he could be uncovered and he's already, he's got it planned. Whereas this is just like all of a sudden a shock for you. Like I had
0: written down some things to say to him and that was part of what I was saying was like... I mean there has been no acknowledgement from his side about anything and I'm like you're the one who broke these vows and these were the vows you broke like this is the one opportunity if you feel like you did anything wrong to make something right. Right exactly. And I also made it clear that I knew there was not total honesty in the divorce process which he got a little frazzled at and defensive. I just said I know there has not been total honesty but at some point I don't want any of that to backfire for me if I push it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to let it go. I really at that point just wanted to come to an agreement and be done and be able to move on. Later on in the process, looking back, I feel a little misled from my attorney about the marital funds because we later, she told me it had to be a really high amount and that in her 17 years, she hadn't really pursued that. And if I wanted to pursue it, there would be A lot of time and money involved because they would have to do depositions with him Mm -hmm. and get a lot more information, and that would take a lot of time and a lot of cost. So she discouraged me even after I went through and added up from all the statements. There was quite a large amount
1: that I thought would have been considered marital funds. I think that's interesting information just for people that are listening because I wouldn't have known that information. How do you feel about when you, I know you said you felt misled, but that had to be hard.
0: Part of me was like, well, we went through this whole process and got all this information yeah. from him. What was the point of it? Exactly. But then I kind of reframed that okay. as <laughs> at least I was able to go through that and put together pieces of the puzzle. and a time. Like I had started a timeline in my mind, but seeing all the financials, I was able to kind of match up everything. And,
1: and I do think important information for your brain. We go back to that hard evidence that we've talked about that is helpful when you're trying to, well, we've talked about it. He, he, he gaslit you so much that you're like, what, what, what's true? What's not true. I know I'm never going to really know, but I can start sorting some of this out right. and to be able to have that, you know, the financial details, even though it was hard, hard for you and probably a little bit harmful. It was also helpful for mm-hmm. your, for you starting your healing process.
0: Yes. If I, think back to like if he would have sent that initial offer and that was my only option to accept that. Right. I think I would have had a setback in my healing or moving forward. I absolutely agree. Because I would have had no voice or
1: Mm -hmm. chance to be heard in any of that. All good stuff, Gina. sorry you had to go through all that, but what you just said there was it really ended up coming out to where, where, that you were able to get the information that you needed in order to start your healing process. So how was the process of doing taxes with the bastard. Yeah, this
0: was during the whole divorce process. We had done obviously taxes jointly. Sure. And so since we had been technically because, married that whole year, I was year, gonna say,
1: why did you do taxes jointly before? Because you were married.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to So since we had been married all of twenty twenty one, we decided to do them jointly. Okay. And I did not trust him just to do them. Good for and you. so yeah. we did a Zoom call. So he brought up the screen and we <laughs> did them together. So that was Awkward to say the least, because the only time I had seen his face was when he and his dad came to move his stuff. Right. And I'd only had a couple conversations. I was really, really anxious sure. about it and stressed about it. But I just kind of went back. I don't know if I like compartmentalized sure. or attached. So I just kind of went, in, went, went into, into like autopilot. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. like, I got
1: to take care of this. And this is the next step I needed to do. Do you think the hoe was in the room hiding under the desk? I don't know. I had wondered that. Uh-huh. You can't tell me she wasn't in there. Come on, Jenna. She could have been. And that was
0: the only time I felt like I had an opportunity to say to him, I have a lot of
1: questions about the affair. Well, then I thought it was just the affair for for years that I... Because you're at that point, still at that point, you're still thinking he just had an affair. He had the affair with just the hoe, like a double life at that point.
0: Right. And even though the hoe had told me about the third woman... yeah. I thought they'd been friends. They'd known each other for years. That was like a platonic relationship. That did not cross my mind at all that like that relationship would be what it ended up being. Okay. So I started asking questions just like the things that are really hard for me to understand are like what was going on when this started Mm -hmm. and why did it go on so long? And I would like to have a conversation at some point. And started talking about that. And that's the only discussion I really had with him about that whole process. Can you
1: describe to me what he he looked like when you were trying to ask him those questions? Surprised because that's not like me. Like I was being pretty direct about it. And he just said he
0: understood. That's when he told me about he was doing the how not to lie course. Well, he didn't call it a course. (laughs) that he... Was working on the dishonesty piece okay. and then probably in a few weeks he'd be at a point where he could have that conversation, right. but he wanted to have it when he could be honest okay. and not lie. Because
1: it's still at that point he was still lying and he hadn't done his three-week three course yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once he completed that, got a certificate, then he was going to be able to <laughs> call you and, and, and be honest with you mm-hmm. about how what everything that happened and transpired yes. during your guys' marriage. And he thought it would be good as well to have a conversation. Yeah. Maybe that's like the final, maybe he never got his, Jana, maybe he never got the certification because he didn't, that was what he needed to do in order to get it. He couldn't check off that last piece. Mm -hmm. I think a couple weeks after that, I finally came to the,
0: I'd gone back and forth about if a discussion would Mm -hmm. be helpful or not. And I think I had finally worked through that it would not be helpful and it's not something I wanted to do because I couldn't believe anything he said. I felt like it would probably be more harmful than helpful and it would
1: just lead to more questions Agreed. if i had these questions right. answer, they would just lead right. to more questions and he's just gonna make it more lies because honestly he probably doesn't even remember at this point i mean you're talking about years of lies anything else you want to add to that that piece
0: that it was awkward and if anyone needs to do that to have support i had some people i talked to right before the conversation to kind of help myself get calm Good. did some deep breathing and things before to Good. make sure i was trying to be in a calm space because i knew if i let my mind get really anxious
1: i wasn't gonna be able to focus so i Mm -hmm. had to just try to keep my mind calm and as your friend i'm so proud of you for being assertive asking those questions even though you knew you weren't going to get the answers but just making him understand that okay i am now a different person Mm -hmm. because of you and these experiences because i'm i I, this is not okay you don't Mm -hmm. treat people like this proud of you for that okay so i want to go more into um can we go back
0: i just want to add to that yeah That was more for me. I know it didn't have any impact on him. I'm sure he was a little surprised that it came across him. But all those things I talked about, like I spoke my piece. Yes. That was more for me. I know it didn't really mean anything to him, but it was something that I needed.
1: Good. Even though it didn't change anything for him, I'm sure. I think that's important. I'm glad that you went back and said that because that's what, you know, when you're dealing with a personality disorder, pathological liar, whatever he's got going on yeah, you can't, you're not going to change his mind on, on, on And so at that point it moves more into what do I need to do for myself mm-hmm. to advocate for myself, but also move me into the healing process. So.
2: Right.
0: And if we aren't going to have conversations that I'm not going to get
1: answers, I need to say at least what I need to yes. say. Yes. Yes. More from the article that I had pulled earlier, Psychology Today, divorce is as much an emotional process as it is a legal process, and it takes courage to start the process of splitting. One or both partners may experience waves of self-doubt. During divorce, two people must come to terms with the relationship failure, set up emotionally and usually financially independent lives and put the relationship firmly in the past. It is important to understand and accept the role each partner played in the relationship breakdown. It is often helpful for divorcing partners to set up rules of engagement to limit contact with each other. I thought that was interesting, and I know some of that doesn't apply, but I I think a lot of that does. What are your thoughts on that? Hard
0: time with accepting the role each partner played in the relationship Mm -hmm. breakdown, because I really don't think I played a role in the choices he
1: made. Right
0: his choices I think it would be helpful the rules of engagement we didn't really talk about that I'm glad it was polite and we just mm-hmm. were able to text or if I needed to talk those few times I talked I reached out by text to see right. if he was available like usual because I couldn't just call him but I think if something is going to be a lot of tension in a divorce situation I think that would be really helpful to know what the contact expectations are going to be mm-hmm. I'm grateful in a way I didn't have to do that. And he was as annoying as it was that he was polite. I'm glad right. I didn't have to deal with anyone that was angry or right. um, and, difficult
1: in the process. Which is, again, it goes back to the qualities that you loved about him. Why you decided to get into a, a relationship slash marriage with him. He then displays that, right? So it's like, that's why you were so confused and mm-hmm. why it was so easy for him to manipulate the situation, so I also want to throw that back in there.
0: Can touch a little bit on how the first part talks about it's as much as, as an emotional process as it is a legal process. Mm-hmm. As we were getting ready for this episode, I was going back through my journal, and I had journaled a lot just about how the change in marital status made me feel like a failure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't get married until I was older because I didn't want to settle. I planned to grow old with him, right? And I felt like that was taken away by. Mm-hmm no choice of mine. Even looking at identity, like I went from married to divorce. Right. So when someone asked me like, are you yeah. married? Oh, do I say I'm divorced? Do I say I'm single? Like, what am I now? Mm-hmm. Going from even we to me, it just felt like a failure. I journaled a lot about that. And reading the legalese of documents, mm-hmm. there were a couple times like the initial paperwork. And then at the end, the final paperwork, when I was reading that, I had a really hard time and it talks about the dissolution of marriage like something has dissolved a termination or destruction by breaking down and when you just read it in black and white and that's what it is it's really um difficult when you're looking at the emotion of it that i felt like i failed in some
1: way yeah you didn't fail but like we talked about earlier most people that go in with the idea of marriage, they don't go into the idea that you're going, you're going to get divorced. And you certainly take your vows very seriously. So mm-hmm. I think anyone who's been listening to your podcast understands that. Yeah. So that's that's hard. Thank you for sharing that. I do have a question, and this is probably more humorous. You said he was such a nice guy during the process, which was helpful that he was angry. But I guess my question is, do you think that because we do, we have established. We make jokes about it, but we have established that the hoe is monitoring stuff, which we know she really is. Do you think that's why maybe he was a, he played the good guy? He, he was trying to put on a show for her.
2: I
0: hadn't thought about that until I was thinking more about the extent of her probably monitoring him. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of it. Like she was probably looking at the texts, or because there was nothing emotional, like <laughs> right. how are you doing? Yeah, or it was all logistical about mm-hmm. things. So I'm sure she was keeping an eye on that. Yeah. Okay. And he wanted to make it look like he was staying in line since, uh-huh. you know, she was his main woman then. That's right. He had to make her feel like she was the priority.
1: She was the main hoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she went from, she she upgraded from hoe worker to main hoe. Yes. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about the divorce being finalized. Yeah, it it was very strange. It was finalized in
0: March, which when I tell people that, they say it's one of the fastest mm-hmm. they've ever Thank heard God. of that yeah. went through the process. And just the day it was finalized was strange with lack of communication. I thought we were still waiting for things to be finalized. And I met him at the bank. We had to exchange some money. Okay. And so I met him for that. <laughs> Before I went to meet him, I checked my case because it's where everything is listed as far as documents. I kept checking that all day because I was like, I'd probably see on there that it was finalized before waiting to hear from my attorney because sometimes they lagged behind in communication. No. And so we were waiting and I asked him if he had heard anything and he just kind of laughed and said it was finalized yesterday morning. He said, I wonder why you asked me why my attorney withdrew. Because my attorney emailed me and said his attorney withdrew like her counsel. Oh, And I'm like, is that normal? And they're like, yeah. well, yeah, but it happened really fast. Okay, I'm like, why did that happen if it wasn't even done yet? <laughs> but I had texted him that like your attorney withdrew. And he didn't mention the part that it was finalized. He just focused on like, where are we meeting to do the money exchange? He's like this, is So a- he could have told me that the day before. He's like, this is a fake divorce. <laughs> so we're waiting in line and he's like, I'll forward you the email of like the final documents. So that's how I found out about it. And then we did that and then we stepped outside and just had a very, very strange conversation. <laughs> and that's the only time I had seen him in January. And then the Zoom call for taxes and then at the bank funny when I was thinking about going to the bank I was like oh I haven't seen him in a a while like maybe I should dress real cute Uh uh-huh just to be like hey hey I'm looking good I lost some weight from this divorce diet breakup diet
1: (laughs) divorce diet (laughs) hashtag divorce diet I was like you probably won't even notice he visibly look different was he on the divorce diet
0: I do not think the divorce diet no no, that's where people have feelings and like they feel so sad and upset that they don't have an appetite. Right. And then. so and he's living happily ever after
2: with the hoe. Mm-hmm. So
1: he probably has happy pounds. Yes. Okay. <laughs> happy pounds. Yep. Some of those. Some of those. So I know we touched on you not changing your last name in the Q&A. So I'd like for you to elaborate elaborate a little bit more on that decision.
0: The main one was that professionally I was known by... My married name. Mm -hmm. I know when I got married and changed from my maiden name to my married name, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It really is. It's a lot to change it. And I didn't really want to go through that process all over again. And I liked my married name better than my maiden name Mm because everyone always asked how to spell my maiden name. Yep. And also in a way, it was just kind of proof that I was the wife. Oh, yes. So those were my main reasons. I was going to just add a couple other things that I haven't touched on yet. As far as I was really grateful for some of the pieces of the process that like some things were simple as far as not having property and not having children. Oh, yes. And I know some people who go through a divorce really have no choice. Um, and his actions, I feel like, forced me to kind of end the marriage. But I'm grateful that those things were simple and that finances had been kept separate and that I could provide for myself financially. Exactly. I think point. that can be a lot of mm-hmm. barriers for people in making that decision that there's kids involved or there's a lot of assets or mm-hmm. they're financially dependent on the other person. So I am grateful that those pieces were simple.
1: It's interesting that you did say that because when I share the story with people just randomly, you know, when I end up, out to get together or whatever that's the first thing that people usually say oh man you know i bet that was really hard for her to, have to like start her own life again i'm like well no she was she was independent she was financially independent too i mean she mm-hmm. had a career already and you know it's more the emotional piece of it i think people Group that all together, and so, but I do think it is harder for people that don't have that. So mm-hmm. I do think that that's an interesting um, observation for sure. Anything else you want to add before lessons learned? Yeah, I just want to make sure that you know if if there is someone out there that's listening that is struggling with their relationship and maybe contemplating whether or not they should get divorced. You know, just. It's hard to reach out sometimes to friends and family because it's it, it's never going to be a, a an unbiased opinion, right? Because mm-hmm. it's our it's our friend and it's our family and if you do end up staying with the person, then that makes it a little bit more uncomfortable. So, I always recommend, you know, a therapist is always a great place to to start just exploring those struggles that you're facing and just identifying whether or not those problems can be resolved and creating a realistic picture of what life would look like afterward. And, you know, if you have children, how they could be affected and how to protect them. Um, so I also just want to throw that out there and you can always, Jana is really good about adding those resources when she posts the the link of the episode, but or psychologytoday.com, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is a great place to, to find a therapist. You can put your zip code in there and or your state, wherever you live, and, and go through and read a bunch of profiles. So I always like, want to throw that yeah. out there.
0: I was in a place to make a quick decision and knew that was right for me, but right. every situation is unique and not every situation is like mine. exactly. And so I know there are people that have been through infidelity or been through mm-hmm. other problems and they go to counseling and it works out and they don't end up getting a divorce. Right. Yep. So sometimes that's right for that person's situation. So just because I made that decision doesn't mean it's the right one for everyone's thinking about what your priorities are and like Green said, getting support Mm -hmm. and kind of talking through that if you feel like it's not something as cut and dried as mine, right? kind of
1: talking through that and what. That decision would look like and how it would impact your life and sometimes it, it can be a, it's going to be a process it may not be a quick mm-hmm. fix and you may not like like Janice it may not be cut and dry it could be something that drags on for a year or two or th- it's fine it's just you need to have a support system and and i think sometimes i know for me when i work with clients in this department They're like I've exhausted my friends. I cannot talk to them about this anymore, or you know, or my family Mm -hmm. now can't even look at my spouse in the eyes, you know. So it makes it makes awkwardness um, when you're trying to just coexist and living, and you don't even know what decision you want to make at that point. So Mm -hmm. yeah, good.
0: All right. So lessons learned. The first one is for future relationships. If I ever were to get into another relationship. (laughs) Financial transparency, having things a little more open Mm -hmm. and having discussions about that and really knowing where the other person is at financially, that the divorce process takes time, money, and patience. That was a big lesson for me. And so if you're going through that, making sure you have support and people to talk to throughout the process. And even reminding you that the process does take a lot of time and just to have patience with the back and forth of it. I learned a lot of lessons from that book that I read Mm -hmm. and I'll post that, the negotiating book. Um, It really helped me kind of journal and separate out kind of what I wanted out of everything, Mm -hmm. which I think was good to do in the beginning. So I didn't get caught up or distracted. I kind of refocus or reframe on. That's really what my priorities were. It's important to prioritize being civil. I know that is really difficult, but just getting through it and compartmentalizing and doing whatever you need to kind of detach and just go through the motions at times and not get caught up in all of the anxiety or stress of the situation. Their lesson is just weighing how long you want the process to go on, how long you want to negotiate or go back and forth. And when do you say it's okay? And when are you at peace with that? I think that's kind of an ongoing part of the process for mm-hmm. lessons learned. Good. Quotes. The first one, I used to believe that staying was loyal and honorable until I realized that sometimes you just have to walk away. There is nothing admirable or sane about waiting for someone to become something they are not. Wow. Sometimes you don't need to hear their excuses or what they have to say for themselves because their actions already spoke the truth.
1: That's something that your mom, that I, your mom could have, could have, so that was a mom quote.
0: <laughs> yes. Sounds like something she would uh-huh. say.
1: You don't realize how strong you can
0: be or what you're able to get through until you have no other choice but to get through it. And the last one, agreeing to things just to keep the peace is actually a trauma response. When you do this, you are disrespecting your boundaries. No more making yourself uncomfortable for others to feel comfortable. You have control now. You run your life, take up space,
1: and use your voice. I love that. I love that you ended on that one because that's you. That's what you're doing.
0: And I feel like throughout the process, I was able to speak up a little more, Mm -hmm. and then I've just continued on. (laughs) Now you can't stop. (laughs) Yes. So, Randy, thanks again for joining me for this episode. You're welcome. And stay tuned for the next episode. I do believe it is going to be the triple play. So stay tuned for that one. And as always, please reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or email. Any of those ways. The email address again? VoiceNowHeard3 at gmail.com. Okay. And also continue to send questions. If this has brought up some other questions, feel free to send those in and we'll start putting those together, hopefully for a future Q&A episode. So thank you, everyone, and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. All those things you do when you love a podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Jana Voice now, Twitter at JanavoiceNow, and Facebook, The Voice Now
2: Heard.